Gee whiz, am I so, so keen to share this episode with you all. On this episode, I welcome one of my best mates, a founding member of LMM, Chaz Woodford. Chaz is a man who's done amazing things over the past year as he sits down with myself to delve into his thought processes behind it and the journey that he's been on ever since, well, the last year or so. Um, he delves into his preparation with running the marathon on behalf of Malu and the wonderful family that of Erin Johnson and her partner Morgan and the, how their life's been turned around with the diagnosis of their young son. Um, Chaz, being the great bloke that he is, had to dig deep and wanted to help out as much as he could. He talks about this story that some of you may or may not know as seen on social media about wanting to run this marathon on behalf of this young boy and his family. Um, he raised over $20,000 for Royal Children's Hospital. I don't want to get, give too much away, but it's an absolutely epic story that I'm so happy to share, especially one of the um, the biggest true inspirations in my life being one of my best mates. Um, I'm so lucky and blessed to sit down with one of my best mates and share such a conversation with you all. I'm so proud of every one of them, including this man. Um, we talk about many other things. I can't wait to share it all with you. I'm super, super stoked. Like, subscribe, share this podcast, share the podcast itself, follow us, hit us up, give us some feedback, give us some love, and remember to look after each other, guys. I truly love you all. You! to have um, on this episode of a chat with Pat. Well, I'm always blessed to have my mates and talking to them, but in this episode, especially a great man who's done many great things. He's been a great influence on me, Chuckles Woodford. Welcome, mate. Peter, good to be here, mate. I, I put a lot of strings for this. You weren't you weren't too keen at the start, but I got you and worked with your managers pretty well. Yeah, mainly just I hate hearing my own voice, but I <laughs> yeah. think I could deal with that. You get used to it, trust me, after you've done a 20-something podcast, yeah. you get used to it. Flex. Um, <laughs> I just want to also say it's good to be talking to people face-to-face again and not Zoom. I'd like, from my point of view, and I'm no other better bloke, apart from the other LMM boys they know, than to do it with you. Like, It's so important to actually, it's the different um, dynamic sitting down and seeing someone and actually talking to them, so I appreciate your time, mate. No, nah, all good, mate. I agree. It's uh, much better saying... Telling your mates you love them to their face than over a text message. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's that it's that feeling between it. Mate. Now you've had a big past year, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously helping with the lockdown itself with the L- LMM I guess organized ISO mates fundraiser, but amongst many other things you found a few things that came up and um would you like to share where that kind of all began? Obviously, integrally with Malu, and we'll get stuck stuck into it and how that began and how that conversation started and ideas sparked in your head. Uh, yeah, mate, I had a pretty big, pretty busy sort of uh, Corona actually Corona coronavirus period. Uh, so basically, I was um, it's just a Sunday, a Sunday night, I think, and I was just uh, pretty dusty. I reckon I had a few beers the night before, and I was hungover on the couch. <laughs> Probably a bit of slob motor. I can have your best ideas normally. Come oh, from. absolutely, mate. Solve the world's problems. I think I had a handful of chips with chicken salt and a bit of cupy mayo, probably a vanilla Coke. And I was just scrolling through my Instagram feed 
uh, actually. And I come across um, so Erin Johnson. Um, she's a, a girl from Portland, a woman from Portland, a mother from Portland, I should say. And uh, I follow I follow as uh, sort of know her through through just connections back home. So she's a couple of years older than me, uh, but I sort of played at the same sporting club as her. Uh, I'd say we're friends. We certainly weren't like sort of tight best friends, but um, yeah, we knew each other through a few things, family friends, and um, and like I said, through both playing sport at Tirandara. Um, I just saw it was just it was literally just simply I saw a photo of of her and on and her little boy Malu, um, and yeah, I guess it sort of just took off from there through my idea. I just I don't know. I just saw the, saw the photo and it just grabbed me. And, you know, had them moments and it sort of I don't know not an out-of-body experience as mm-hmm. such, but as well, I was just so touched uh, by his story. And it was actually a photo of, um, of Malu on Aaron's lap looking out, the, looking out the window at Royal Children's Hospital. Um, and I thought I was doing it pretty, t- like everyone was sort of doing it pretty tough at the time. I was in a bit of a lull, I guess, in my own life. Um, and I kind of just thought, you know, I could do something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, you thought there's at least something, like a feeling that you just had to do something to help, like there had to be something, like you had this compelling feeling that you know there's something i've got to do to make this kid's life you know better in some way shape or form yeah i just thought i just looked at it from um the family's perspective and i thought like what they would be going through um so aaron's got three little boys um javi harlan and malu uh and a really 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 great husband in morgan um and i just thought at the time i was like i wonder if there's anything i can do Uh, basically that's that's how it started i just sort of thought i could help here in some way um, so I was really nervous at the start and I sort of come up with the idea. Um, I've always enjoyed running, mm. but you know, I'd never really considered running. I had considered running a, a marathon, but it just, it was always one of those things I just thought was too far. Yeah. You know, I remember, get, I remember we had a conversation and you said, no, I could never do that to my body. <laughs> yeah, you, you run, you run 10 K and you get, you get back and you're like, there's a bit going on here in the legs. Um, you do that four times nonstop, um, and a little bit more, but yeah, for me, I just thought, I just thought there's something here that can be done. Um, and I think I originally, so I didn't really bring it up to anyone. And mm. I just sort of, I remember I mentioned it to, to Merch. We were living together. Or, or sorry, I think I just, I think I messaged him. And I said, like, what do you reckon about this? I drafted up a big message to send to Aaron because I didn't really know how to approach it. Um, and then, yeah, it went from there. I think I sent as just sent as a big message on Facebook and just said, look, there's, I've come up with this sort of um, little idea in my own head. I want to help. I want to do something. I feel like I can, I can give a little here. Um, and then, yeah, sent us a big message and she was pretty blown away. Um, so, yeah, she, we went from there. She sent me a message saying that, um, you know, she'd be honoured if I, if I ran, ran the marathon and tried to raise some, some money in, in Malu's honour. And, yeah, mm. it took off from that. <coughs> Wonderful. Wonderful, Matt. And then, obviously, those things come into place. You have those conversations, but then you've got to do that next step and prepare yourself and go, fuck, I've got to do this. Okay, I've got to do this. And I know you and I've known you for a long time with my best mates. You're like, I want to fucking do this well. <laughs> so what, what what was the next step? I know you enlisted some coaching and, and did it, you know, organized yourself and did it in a pretty good way. What was the next step in planning, directing that wonderful fundraiser that you did last year? Yeah, so basically it took mm-hmm. off. I um, I sort of posted something on Facebook and then I got the ball rolling on a few things with, um, like I just said, I spoke to the, we spoke to the foundation, um, mm-hmm. so the Royal Children's Hospital Foundation and I wanted the money to go directly to um, the neurology ward where Marlou spent uh, a lot of time and, and has did most of his rehab there so I wanted the money to go directly to that um, I got in contact with Matt Daniels who's a run who's a run coach he does online mm-hmm. run coaching um, so he did me up a I gave him my plan and he sort of said look we can do this in 
yeah, I, I think you'd be able to do it in 12 weeks sort of thing, the training, but we, we chose 16 weeks, a bit more time um, to get some Ks in the legs and a bit more time to raise money. So it was a 16-week program. It was um, it's pretty intense. It was I remember as soon as he gave me the program, I re- opened the email and I read it and I was like, holy fuck, what have I got myself into here? <laughs> just um, seeing the quantity. <laughs> mate, it was just like Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, runs and then every Sunday was a long run. So I think it was... Uh, I think we yeah. went for, I think it was, oh, I can't remember what it was. It was, it was like 14 half marathons in a row or something like that, I think it was. Um, but, yeah, there was, a, there was a fair bit in that. So we got in, I got in contact with him and he set me up with the program and he was uh, he was unreal for mm-hmm. me. Um, he's a motivational bloke, a very motivating yeah. bloke. Great man, Matt. Yeah, as it is. He's been on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah, Shout out. Point. Shout out. Go episode um, three. Of <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we, we sort of went from there and, and then... Yeah, it sort of just just spiraled into something that um, that was pretty amazing in the end. Through mm. yeah, through social media, we use that as a very powerful tool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we sort of got it out and about a bit, and a few newspaper articles, and um, yeah, it was it spread from there. And I was I'm, I was just so grateful. I'm surrounded by so many so many wonderful people that the money that started coming in, and yeah, I was blown away, and I I still am blown away. I sort of still pinch myself at how much we end up raising. So it was. Yeah, it was it was unreal. Yeah, was there ever a point during it? I know you would have undoubtable belief you would have got through it and got it done. That was the main thing at the end of it. But were there any moments during the training and things like that where you really had to draw yourself back into thinking, well, what you're really doing this for? Yeah, yeah. So it was there was tough. Yeah, definitely. There was definitely some some tough sort of the the middle the middle period and then uh, towards the end. But there was a few like I'd get home from work on a Wednesday and. I'm, and uh, like I just have a 12k progression run or something like that, but it's just pissing mm. down rain, sideways wind. You know, I just get a permanent texter out, write my loo on my hand, and just get out and get it done. Because I, I, I was committed at the start. I said I want to do this whole thing without missing. Like I didn't want to miss a session. I think it was 48, 48 runs or something I had to do. Um, you know, in in the training, and I just thought, there's, like, if I'm going to do this, mm. I'm going to do it properly, and I don't want to miss one. I think I only missed one or two in the end. For I think I was crook a couple of times, um, but. I was pretty lucky too, like injury injury wise. I didn't really have any niggles up. There was always the sort of general soreness, but yeah. um, you can push through that. Yeah, hundred percent. And speaking of accountability, I remember on Strava you were putting like the count. You were counting each session. I remember it was forty eight, two, three, and even that in itself would have had a little mental mental gain. Yeah, each d- session just knowing it t- ticked off. Yeah, definitely. And I had the program there the whole time, and we just was just ticking off the sessions and a couple of the long Sunday long runs. You know. <laughs> After a few beers on the Saturday, um, yeah. After a couple of beers, and you know, it's getting towards midnight, and you realise you got to wake up and run a 38k along the Bowen River or something. So I was pretty lucky on them ones. Um, Merch did a lot of the long runs, or a few of the long runs with me on the bike, so he would, um, you know, hand me some gels and some waters and yeah. Powerades and get me through them. But a couple of them would, yeah, they were a, they were a real grind, but we got there and yeah, yeah, yeah. Your and I've witnessed it. I'm sure a lot of people have as well. Your relationship with the family as well is, is it fair to say has blossomed quite a fair bit in a strong relationship there since doing the fundraiser yeah mate like I um, it's I actually nearly choke up talking about it a yeah. bit like um, during my training I was uh, like it was, it was a fair grind I was doing like 70, 80k a week and um, nearly every day Aaron would message me uh, so we yeah we just chatted nearly every day and I'd go over for a visit and play with Marlou and play with the boys and and Morgs was there and they're they're a beautiful family like just such just such a good family and 
like for me, I got I got a lot, a lot out of like for the whole thing. I wanted no pats on the back for for any of it. It's not the sort of person I am, and I just it, that wasn't what it was about. The thing that got me through was was knowing there was imp- the impact it was having on that family. Like Aaron mm. would Aaron would always reassure me that you know like that that what I was doing was was sort of helping them get through that 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 stage of Malu's progression. You know, they got out of hospital, and Aaron sort of said to me a couple of times, you know, we looked around, with, and she sort of said, you know, what next? And that when they knew it was a bit of a grind, I so I think it gave them something to sort of, you know, they were looking forward to it, and it was a bit of a positive distraction mm. for them. And yeah, and and now like Malu and I are going to have this little bond, yeah. you know, like forever. And it's um, yeah, it, it is pretty special, and it means a lot. It it really means a lot to me and. And now even Erin, like, Erin, uh, you know, said a few really, really nice things to me. And, you know, she said, you're part of this family and you'll always, you will always be part of this family. Um, you know, we have a chat now. We still chat three or four times a week. And, you know, if she's um, mm. like a, a sister, a mom, a best friend. Like, she's, um, you know, we have a chat and how's your day? And we and we finish the, finish the uh, conversation with love you. You know, that's like, great. that's that's the point we got to. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that and pretty proud of the connection that I have with that family mm. now. Yeah, and just for like a bit of context for everyone listening, um, I guess I know you can't give too much away, but um, just obviously the developed the insight that you would have got into the work that Aaron and Morgs would do for Malu as well. I mean, can you share much with that with us, like the amount of sacrifice and stuff that they would have had to go into the treatment with Malu and his um epilepsy? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So it's it's actually pretty hard to fathom um, like I'm personally not a parent. I mean, I've I've got a plant. I'm a plant dad. Uh, I uh I water my plant and put it near the window sometimes <laughs> so it gets some fresh air. But um, you got yeah. Max, you got Max. Yeah. yeah, Max. He needs a couple of pats every now and then, but he's alright. He's pretty self-sufficient. Um, but yeah, mate. Like a couple of the conversations I've had with Aaron, you know, like Malou was going into what, ten plus hours of surgery and they were disconnecting one side of his brain, and the surgeons and the specialists were, you know, sort of saying, you know, we don't really know. Or we, like there's, they're hopeful, but you know, there's always potential of you know th- things not panning out like like that when it comes to any sort of brain surgery i guess so mm. i can't imagine that that period of time for Aaron and morgan like, i honestly cannot cannot imagine what was going through their mind and they've got two other little boys as well you know that they're trying to focus some attention yeah, on they're um, cater for as well and explain things and yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely and then these little brothers are unreal but obviously they're too young to fully understand what's going on but it's a lot of time in you know the royal children's hospital and i know i know Aaron and morgs are so so grateful for uh, for what that place has done for them as a family um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a very special family. Mm. Now, can you take it back to the day, like in the morning, or you, how'd you feel when you woke up and you knew you, it was go time? Like, yeah, got I, it done. Was it more of a relief and like this overwhelming feeling of fulfillment? Like, oh, you know, I'm just as long as I get done, or was it just like this is it? Yeah, so it was like it was. I can't. It was 600, 500, 600 k's or something in the training to get to like to get to that point. And I knew I'd done the work. And Matt, as well as my coach, he's. He always said from the start, he's like, you do do the work, do the training, and on you'll be good to go on race day. You'll be good to go. Um, I was, I think I was just really nervous, um, and I think I was probably starting to head towards a bit of exhaustion from the whole thing. Um, yeah. You know, like I was always sort of always doing something with trying to raise money and um, like mentally exhaustion or yeah, mentally, like physically, I felt like I was pretty good to go. I'd done, I'd done everything. Um, you know, like millimeter perfect for my for my preparation there's nothing like i could have done different um and i was yeah i was primed yeah i think mentally it took a bit out of me like i was um i was like living in drysdale at the time with one of my one of my other best mates jesse and and mum had come up mum and tim and um joel and mel were there and there was a few boys at the start when, when i left the house and uh 
and then I remember like Joel and I just took off and um yeah it's kind of funny like I, I was I was pretty lucky to have you know Merch as my best mate next to me the whole time on the on the bike um to sort of get me through he wasn't much help towards the end but <laughs> yeah, he sped off he wanted the glory <laughs> but um yeah that that mental and that mental aspect of it is something that can't be like forgotten like oh. about the this 16 weeks knowing this is going on and i'm sure there were a lot of doubts and a lot of things going through your head like more physically that impart your mental challenge as well yeah definitely matt like i think no matter how you look at it um running a marathon i know um there's definitely there's definitely bigger physical feats out there in the world but for me you know like people go for a two or three k run um you get back and you gas you know you're running for three and a half hours non-stop um sort of thing so i was uh i was sort of cruising for the first 20 or so um and I, I'd, I'd never before i started this training i'd never ran like over 20k sort of thing i'd done a half um but i sort pretty of quick you did it yeah, it was pretty quick, um, <laughs> but I'd never ran that. I'd never ran that distance or, or anything. Yeah, sort of close to that, and probably halfway. I, I think the whole the whole thing um, sort of took it out of me just because I had like all my training. It was always just Joel and I running, and you know I did, I did a thirty eight k and ran it at a fairly good click. But it was just us. Um, so the whole day took it took it out of me. I mean, mm. f- Mick Ford jumped on at one stage there in Newcomb and Dilbar. Text, you know, there's there's a few of me, few of me mates like Dowdy and Brian, Lynchy, Lynchy. So yeah, Lynchy was um Lynchy was massive for me. So it's sort of trying to keep my pace because um, I had a run plan as well. So I was trying to run it, what they call it, a negative split. So the second half actually quicker than the first half. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a grind. And I think I got to like 36k mark, and no shit, man, I was fucked. Like <laughs> I was I was out. Like I. I ran past, so I ran from Drysdale all the way into the Bowen River um, to Finesford, and I looped back around. I actually went past where I was finishing. I think I had like eight or ten k to go um, from when I went past the finish line, and that like that point wasn't in hindsight that wasn't the best idea because I ran past heaps of my family and friends, and uh, I remember seeing mum, and mum was yelling, um, and it was it was good, like it was encouraging, but it it um it's it sapped me a bit because I knew that I had like another five k headwind and then turn around and. Uh, yeah, I was for a few k to go, man. Like both, and that, the thing that frustrated the most was I ran the thirty eight. Like, I ran the thirty eight like four minute thirty k. Just flew like I'm like this is easy, and then <laughs> easy. I'll run this backwards. Like time yeah. legs here, I don't care. I'll do it. <laughs> um, and then yeah, on the day, mate, just hit a wall. And Chris Lynch is a mate of mine. I play footy with. He um he is an elite runner, and he was running with me. And he was only going to do a bit of a. I think a few K in the middle um, and that he read the play really well and stayed with me when he knew that I was sort of gassed because big, big merch, it wasn't much help. He didn't really know what to say. He was riding you behind ate me. half the lollies. If anyone is here, we got back and you ate all the lollies. I was busting for, busting for a bit of sugar and there was three empty packs of Alan's snakes rolling around the bag. Was it, did you tell him to put the music down? Because he had a fucking, he was having a party on his bike. Yeah, there was a, oh. There was a press play mega mix from 2012, <laughs> just absolutely awesome. And there was 12 blokes running behind me, all laughing and giggling. I remember Tex. I wanted to turn around and headbutt Tex. It was a, I thought it was a great joke. And I'm here 36k mark, you know, trying to hold my shit together. But yeah, so I got to probably 37, probably 37, 38k. And I was there was literally a point I was like, I was like, I can't make it. Like I was looking down at my hand, looking looking down. I had Marlo written on my hand. I was like, I can't, I fucking can't get here. Like this is, 
as as hard as you can physically push your body. I had both both legs were cramping, both calves were cramping, both my hamstrings were cramping, and Merch was riding behind me. And he reckons it like it was just my my hamstring was. He said there was like a looked like a brain in there, just like having a spasm. It was like, um, yeah, pretty. Like I just couldn't stop. I said to myself, "There's no way you're stopping." Mm. Um, and then yeah, I definitely owe definitely owe Chris Lynch. He got me uh got me to the line in the end. Yeah, no, it was good. And then obviously sharing that with some special people that night including myself was uh, a pretty good uh, cherry on the cake as well much more obviously helping Maloon raising that amazing amount of money which was how much again? Uh, 20,233 amazing, amazing amazing but then obviously sharing those moments after it and knowing you know, having that you know that overwhelming I could imagine sense of relief and just a time celebrate an amazing achievement and giving back it would have been a nice cherry on the top of the cake yeah ma- like massive mate I mean I'm pretty big on my uh, pretty big on my mates, as a lot of people would know, or people in general. I love people in general, but my mates, um, you know, my mates were the inspiration behind a lot of it as well. Um, yeah, so I was and, and to the finish line to have to have a lot of my close mates there, and uh, my mum and Timbo, mm. my stepdad, and there was a yeah a lot of a lot of people that were very close to me at the finish line, and yeah, it meant a lot to me. Um, to yeah, to run over after the marathon and see all those faces mm. there, and then to have a few beers that night. Um, yeah, it was good. We uh, yeah, we had a couple. Good time. Yeah, we had a couple, couple of quiet ones. Yeah. How, how big? Even though during the process and kind of moving into, um, I guess, a mental health space, did that help with you? Just with your general health, even putting your focus into something, and a, a bigger goal than something other than you know, as much as we are getting old and getting past those things, and it just comes to my mind and get something other than you know going out you know in the middle of lockdown as well we got to note that um just not being at home feeling helpless but also how much did that play a part knowing that you were giving back and putting yourself to a different bigger goal to fulfill yourself and your mental health and things like that yeah it's huge mate like i um you know i'd I'd define success personally as um as the impact you you have on others Mm -hmm. and yeah like it was definitely a pretty shitty time during corona but Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of people and there always is a lot of people worse off than you but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of just took the approach that, um, yeah, I just had to get out there, get the Ks done, uh, and just I was just trying to raise as much money as I could. Uh, I, th- I think like we 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 all were stuck at home, but um, you know we still have them stupid little things in our hand that we spend most of our life on, and we I kept in contact with all the boys pretty closely. Mm. Um, and yeah, I was lucky like like merch coming out. He was on the long runs with me, so I wasn't by myself. Yeah. Um, but it's never the same, like you know what I mean, like it's. Yeah, yeah well, there was a, yeah the time at the end when we had the stupid masks were there, and we were like, I don't want anyone at the finish line to be having to wear a mask, and yeah. we, were, we were worried about restrictions for um, having a few having a few beers at the after party and stuff like that. But yeah, definitely having that goal and that program is um, huge. I definitely I definitely encourage anyone who's in who's in some kind of rut, um, you know, to definitely you can give yourself mm. give yourself some sort of program or something to work on, look towards it, just to, to take so much of your yeah, it takes so much of your mind off, you know, other things that could potentially going on. Exactly. And it gives you, um, I think, and I'm sure you may or may not agree that it, and if you were that person in that right and you went in and you said, I'm going to fucking do this and you do it and you establish it and you make so, some progress, even if you don't, it just gives you a whole different level of desire and of outcome and success like and belief, I think, and esteem. Like it can be a great antidote, goal setting and physical activity to help someone's mental health and i think it's something that especially males the way me and you are both passionate about about in achieving and improving so much so yeah yeah absolutely mate that's 
yeah, it's, it was it was massive for me. I just thought, you know, there's someone out there, and that's probably my attitude towards a lot of uh, mental health stuff. My mates, there's someone out there that's worse off. Um, yeah, it's okay for us to have shit days, and we do. Mm. I mean, I'm a fairly like outgoing, energetic, vibrant yeah. sort of fella, but like, fuck, trust me, man, I've I've my shit days as much as anyone else. Yeah. Um, and I rely pretty heavily on my mates, uh, my family too, but. Um, my mates, yeah, sort of. My my mum's my mum's my, my rock when it comes to um, sort of anything. I can I can always go to go to mum, and I know she's always going to be there. Uh, I've got a pretty special bond with her. Um, but yeah, my for my mates and um, like Clancy these days. But yeah. um, shout out Clance. Um, <laughs> but my mates, yeah, sort of drag me through drag me through my bad days. And I think definitely one thing that uh, I'm pretty proud of with our group of mates is. Um, you know we are like we are always there and we're so open yeah 100 percent. i completely agree and for matt like for males and this is great segue males are generally just to be open and i know fucking oh, i struggle and i still do with my mates but it's just that any any bloke and, and the way i want to take these podcasts is just, it's anyone i know i'm sure you talk about yourself but about anyone that could listen to this can to make somewhat of an impact on their life and it's not airy fairy and it's not like bulldog it's it's a true oh, meaning of life i think it is to give back to others and make someone else feel good and be the best you can and anyone who's ever stuck in that road doesn't feel like they can i just couldn't imagine that pain well can i'd have in times myself but that pain that they could go through i just wouldn't want that on anyone else to feel worthless that they can't make a life better like and it's so important that you touch on that note to open up especially for blokes and we could talk about it for days and we will on this podcast but um, just to open up and communicate because it's it is just hard, and I think we have to take control of that as blokes to promote that and talk about just anything to your mates and open up. And it's been great from us and the inside in our group. We're slowly are, and we have done it for a while as well. We promote that environment where you can pull up each other and talk about it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, man. I think we forget a lot of times like we are we're so hard on ourselves yeah. um, as people and uh, yeah as blokes and chicks too, but. Uh, we definitely we we bottle a lot up, and it does sound a bit cliche because you hear it a lot these days. But it is it is like that, I think. And it's these the the times too with all social media and stuff. Mm. We you know we're constantly comparing ourselves, and that's that's a, a thing that I'm massive on, Paddy. When it comes to yeah, I agree. To, when to mental health is you know there's no there's no rules on where you've got to be at a certain time or yeah. or what you got to have. You know, like I'd like I'm 27, 28. I live with. Like I've lived with my best mate, and before that, lived with my best mate, and before that, lived with my best mate. You know, I don't own a house, you know, and to be honest, I couldn't give a fuck. You know? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Like I'm happy with with where I'm at. I'm happy surrounded by the people I am surrounded with. Um, you know, I've got, a, I've got a good job, and um, I'm grateful. I've got a roof over my head. I don't. I, I think we put so much pressure on ourselves that we have to be there, and sometimes we forget just to, you know, enjoy the journey we're on. I was mm. listening to Dill Dill Buckley actually Dill Buckley's podcast with Emma Murray um, yeah. the other week, and you know she said that's that's the thing that she tells everyone is like a mindfulness coach sort of thing is it it brings you back down, and you and you can you can keep yourself grounded when you don't ask yourself constantly why or you're overthinking. You know, you just got to you got to when you teach yourself that you you are exactly where you're meant to be. You know, you're on this journey. Um, and geez, we're sounding wise now, aren't we? Nah, it's great. Just, <laughs> we are, we are ahead of our years. You know, but you in all seriousness, I think a lot of people love to hear this as well. Yeah, I just resonate. always, mate. Like we always, you, you flick on your Instagram and someone's got some Gucci bag yeah. and, and at some nice double story, you know, skyscraper in Melbourne, you know, and mm. you know we just have these these false, you know, 
comparisons we think we've got to be somewhere i think we've got to have what someone else has you know to get that happiness because it's just yeah i just think it it is definitely how we're wired we are i think we are definitely wired to find to find that sometimes but yeah that's why i i love looking at um you know, it might be. I, I get a lot of a little Grom, like a little surfy who wears, <laughs> you know, his whole kits from the op shop, and he's got, you know, vans on. He's been skating on in eight years. He doesn't give a fuck what he <laughs> no looks like. No one cares. Yeah, no one cares. He yeah. doesn't care, and it's definitely. Uh, and I'll, I'll put my hand up. I've definitely been at stages in my life. I've been a people pleaser. I think mm, that we definitely we all have. We all have um, at stages, and I, I think yeah, and you you definitely care what you definitely care what people think, but it's to the extent you know what I mean. Like it's almost like it's been formed around us and in society somewhat no it's not um it's just been we've built somewhat we've kind of lost control i think and of everything around us and what we've built instead of taking control back like a great thing is social media i think you know just opt out like for anyone listening to this and they're looking at this small funnel of percentages of someone's life which is put on instagram which is another small funnel of their own life which is like it's like a one percenter like you only see this small glimpse it's like it literally is a highlight reel but if you condense that into someone that you want to be and compare to like always look i do it all the time but if you think that it's not really true it's just this opt out just opt out and follow people that don't give you this sense of belief or motivation or or true evidence to of how to do things and make things better i just think just just anyone listening to that and struggling or is struggling with anything i think the first things and healthy things you can do is take control of your social media and opt out of things that aren't benefiting you and you know what's benefiting you i think it's a great point that you bring up chuck that social media thing it's so passionate of mine i just think we've lost our way a little bit a fair old bit and especially blokes who don't condense their feelings out who really do look to this funnel of a phone and things like that and anyone but anyone in general yeah yeah definitely i mean and there's definitely like if you're gonna like you are who you surround yourself with i think mm. um like environment's your, so important your friends yeah. and your and your and your little group they sort of define who you are because you're obviously going to share similar beliefs and and that sort of thing so i think it's the same as your phone you surround yourself if you're constantly on your phone looking at you know the crap that and the garbage that's on social media these days um you know that's it's going to end up morphing you into that into that type and if you like pick up your phone just get instagram off your screen and message one of your mates and tell him that yeah, you love him 100 percent. message yeah. your mum, tell her you love her like yeah go for a walk at the beach and like yeah yeah like it's all these important tools that we have to talk about and then like the environment thing's a big one i think as well like we've been i'll admit it and you'd admit it we've been blessed to have great bunch of blokes around us and i'm sure people listening to this podcast is probably getting over me talking about how much saying i love them but they all i owe them the world in my life but it is so true like cut and it's trust me like anyone i know there would be someone listening to this and thinking and having some struggles but i think i'll main oh it's not that easy and i know it isn't easy i've been in that position before but just honestly that self-reflection of well who's important to me now what do i want to do and is anything providing me in this end of benefit i think um we're definitely at that age as well which has where you turn that leaf into those things and refining it and you mentioned it before mate i've never really told you this but you've been a great inspiration for me and i've talked to bros and deal about it is that you know i've essentially started again moving to melbourne i've got no job i've got randomly savings dry and you know that comparison that i've always i've always been bad for about thinking that i've got to have a house and i've got to save money and having that pressure but you're right about that wealth thing is that, you know, you don't have to be, you're in your timeline and, you know, Chaz, you've been a great influence on me on that in thinking that as well. It's a great thing to know. Yeah, 100%, especially like with you boys moving to Melbourne and stuff like that and people might say, oh, you're renting and it puts you behind, like yeah. puts you behind fucking what? Yeah. Put you behind someone who's miserable <laughs> yeah. living, like, yeah, you've got a house, you 
paying a big mortgage off and if that, if that's what you want to do um like go for it but you know we yeah we just i think we need to get out of that rut thinking that's the be all and the end all and you know you can't define mm. happiness as, as as having a house by a certain age or you know you can have you can have your own house and have a job you hate going to every day and have all these other problems um you know what i mean so i just yeah i feel like you know if you want to want to move to melbourne with your mates and and do that sort of thing like fuck do it like go for it 100 percent. and we're not saying like don't buy a house but obviously yeah. that like yeah yeah fuck seriously, if anyone out there can buy me a house they, buy me a house. <laughs> <laughs> like paul and rental market could could do with something so everyone just just rent out but yeah, it's it's very important, I think, and a lot of blokes need to realise is that you and it's that main bread owner thing, sticky bar, where the blokes gotta provide and make that house. You don't have that unnecessary pressure. You don't need to. And I think again, like that's one facet that society's kind of built is that we've you know, we've gotta provide and you know, we've just lost our way a bit. And I think I don't know if you agree or not, but we have fucking we've lost our way massively and I've noticed it the last year and I want everyone like we can be a part of the solution to things like mental health and the real big things that are going on and in the world like fuck 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 politics like fuck all that stuff like we can take control as a people in the things that we want to see in the world it's very true you can take control of those things and it's just very important to know yeah pretty simple i reckon to that sort of thing be kind just be yeah. fucking kind yeah it's 100 percent. it's not hard is it i know again like it sounds cliche and um no but like that look and i, I used to say that stuff because you don't want to come across but it is fucking true like oh fuck listen you always have that mind in your head and think oh i think these blokes are spreading kindness and shit like but that's the part of the problem like you're 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 not going to the solution the people that do judge that because i know where that comes from i definitely agree but yeah 100 people are not worth man if someone's if someone's going to pay me out for being kind i could suck my youngins like that is just (laughs) 100 percent. like just just little things like open the door for an old lady and pay someone's coffee forward someone drops something a supermarket pick it up for them Mm. if everyone does that instead of you know comparing yourself on instagram the world will be a better place Mm. yeah and paying people out um for it who are just essentially internet trolls like you're the equivalent of those kind of gutless people like yeah the people who pay that out and the people that and pay people out for like um i know this i don't want anyone to think it's getting ranty but we need to clear it like this all attributes to people's mental health and people's well-being the people that do this but um people that kind of we got to stop being so impulsive in the things that we say and do about people trying to go out and do the best that they can in their life like like internet trolls like they're essentially just that like that's just a nutshell but i think there's this impulsivity with people to like we prejudice a lot we're bloody apes that's all we are we act on instinct but where we just got to pull ourselves back and think is this really serving anyone like this person's purely happy and doing trying the best that they can do is this really serving me anything in thinking this way feeling this way criticizing this way yeah bang on i I couldn't i couldn't agree more i think that it comes back to like we said before that happiness like if you're if you're kicking out a van and driving around Australia by yourself and that mate... If it doesn't harm anyone as well, like it, exactly, who's to say? Go for it, go for it. You know, if you are working a nine to five or whatever and and you're happy, you know, go for it. Like it's... Yeah, definitely. I just think like, yeah, like you said, we're constantly, um, trying, to, constantly trying to bring each other down instead of building each other up. Mm, yeah, it's a bad thing. It's this... Uh, yeah, again, it's this society where we just call out each other for doing their wrongs and there's no room, like there's no forgiveness anymore, honestly. It's like, oh, I think that, you know, that cancel culture and that call out culture and that woke culture, which is just a piece of piss, is just like now forming everyone to lose the feeling of forgiveness. I just think everyone just like, I guess this is a horrible, oh, I guess 
who the fuck can I say? Like, just for say, anyone that's fucked up, and you see it all the time, we see it all in the news, they get called out for all the things that they've done, lose all their reputation. This has been happening, especially in America and Australia's heading this way too, where, and it attributes to people's mental health, but that we, we've lost forgiveness in society where, where, where if someone does fuck up, that we're so quick to call it out and make them feel even smaller. Like, I think we just got to cut that shit out. And again, that takes that control back into us as well. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Definitely, mate. We are. And it starts pretty young too. Like it's, oh, a, 100%. it's definitely a generational thing. I did I did a bit of, a bit of youth work. I was volunteering yeah, on, on a Friday thing. night at a drop-in program in Ocean Grove. And that was sort of, um, that opened my eyes up to a lot of it. Um, yeah, kids can be so harsh, man. Like we, we think we're, we're pretty harsh as adults when it comes to judging that sort of stuff. Like... Definitely starts in schools, that's for sure. Yeah, it's um, that's a mental thing. Yeah. How, now you've talked about, I know this is a big thing I think I love people implore about is um, getting out of that comfort zone and trying those new things because it could have been easy for you, Chaz, to do just earn, you know, good cash and continue doing what you're doing instead of doing other interests. How was that first step of doing that youth work um, thing and what drew you to that? Yeah, man, it was... Um, you'd be you're amazing at it. <laughs> amazing. It was, um, it was pretty crazy. So I just like I work. I work um, in civil construction up here as a as a foreman for underground services. So we do like redevelopments and subdivisions and stuff like that. And I was, I do. It's not. It's not that I, I hate my job. I, do, I don't hate my job at all. I um. I get. I get. Go to work. Get paid. Um. Sort of thing. I just kind of thought. You know. There's. I felt like there was something. Um. There's something I could be doing probably more and something that I was a bit passionate about. And I've always. I've always sort of enjoyed leadership. Um. Mm. And I kind of got in, got in touch with someone. I actually went to a, a local doctor um, and said, like, where can I help out in? Which was that first step for me was even big, like going and just saying, like, what can I do in the community community mm-hmm. to, to sort of help? Um, and then got in touch with the – he put me under someone, he put me under someone else and then had an interview. And then, yeah, I started my diploma of, of youth work and volunteered on a Friday night at a, at a youth drop-in centre in Ocean Grove. So it was just like a – just like a safe safe place for uh, young people to hang out from like six to ten, mm. uh, six to nine at night, um, and we we're just there as yeah, no, as sort of youth workers and just you know an ear. We're just there to listen, or we can give a bit of advice. Um, unfortunately, Corona sort of ruined the program for us, which was uh, which is pretty devastating because there's a lot of a lot of young people sort of really at at risk. But yeah. the whole thing for me, mate, was very very eye opening. Like um, you know, it's it it sounds. You know, it sounds like an like an old cliche, but you think you've had a bad day, like yeah, you've had a bad day, but you really haven't. Like, yeah. there's there's a lot of people out there doing a lot worse off. Um, I feel like I'm repeating myself with that, but that's yeah. one thing I um yeah, one thing I definitely hold pretty close to my heart. But definitely, like you said, it was a huge, huge leap for me, and I, I was sort of by myself at the time too. Like, um, Jesus, the recorder's gone down. Oh no, it's thrown it at me. <laughs> Is it still record? Fuck. We're back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> just just kicked the recorder off the fucking table. <laughs> yeah. Just had enough. Thrown it in. Back her up, boys. Um, yeah. As yeah. We that, about the drop-in center. Yeah. Yeah. De- yeah it was definitely. A, it was quite. Um. Quite hectic at the time. I just thought, you know, why not? And that for me, apart from moving to Geelong, really knowing absolutely no one, and going to a new footy club and knowing no one, starting a job and knowing no one. Um. That were pretty big, pretty big things for me, and it's a pretty deep thing, you know. Like without um. Without sort of pumping my tires up, like in in a small town, you know, I knew a lot of people, and I was, you know, a footy coach and school captain yeah. and all these things. And for me, like, mm. it was a big it was a big thing for me to move, and you know, basically to be 
to be a no one. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's it's a great thing you put. It's so easy for us to stay comfortable and think that this is it. I've got it worked out. You know, like you could have stayed at home, had a good job, done all these amazing things. Like I'm sure you would have done, but it's so much a different perspective if you do step out and meet new people and learn different things and try different things. And it's a big, big human development thing. I think it's so important to realize. Yeah, it's like massive man and then the same as we were saying before like i got no nothing against anyone that does want to yeah. that, that does stay oh, at home and, yeah, you yeah. know that's each to their own uh but for me and you know I, I probably could have gone down that way you know what i mean i felt like personally i'd run out of personal so personally I ran out of personal growth repeat myself there but i'd sort of wanted to change and um you know i didn't come up here fully by myself merch moved up here a couple of months before me um so i had i had him here but it's definitely pretty scary like, and then it's I was I'm only three hours from home, but driving to work some days and I'm, you just go like, what the fuck have I done? Yeah. You know, I got no mates here. I've gone to going to a job. I know no one now. I still remember walk around at work and you know everyone look at me and go, who the fuck's a new bloke? You know, and like go to a footy club and you know I went from being a coach at a footy club to you know running laps, look at, like hoping someone would want to kick the footy with me. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely it's a big step out of your comfort zone. But I um yeah here we are four or five years down the track and I've got you know I've been. Been to a few uh, weddings and engagement parties and um, stuff up here with, you know, them bonds I've struck up quite quickly with a lot of people. And, um, yeah, I couldn't be happier. And like I said, I couldn't encourage someone more to, you know, to take that step. And you might be, someone might be listening going, oh, shut up, wanky, you only moved three hours away. But, you know, for me and growing up in a small town, it's it was pretty big. But like, yeah, there and there are kids at the moment, like we see going on O Week, like same kind of thing, same thing, like it could have been so easy for kids to just sit back home and, we got to give some like a lot of credit to kids who are doing those things. Anyone that's changing anything in their lives or grabbing life by the balls, that it is change is fucking hard and doesn't get talked about enough. Like it's, it's um, it's not that easy, and it's a testimony to how great a person and like that you are. That um, just to sh- shine and show how much you can adapt. But it, it's something that needs to be really put in in, in the light, I guess. So that change is just not that easy. Yeah, not. definitely. And you move away, and yeah, um, or you or you take something, take a big job on, or something like that. Take a new job on somewhere, and you and you do feel it is very vulnerable. Yeah. Whereas, personally, you know, I think we're nearly at nearly at our best as humans when we are vulnerable. Hundred percent. But a few people, on that, yeah, pretty special, close, pretty pretty special to me, and close to me in my life that really appreciate um, my vulnerable side. Um, and yeah that's massive for me i mean like I, I love having a couple of beers and putting my arm around my mate and saying like fuck of fuck i love you or fuck i've had a really shit day i'm struggling here i've got this going wrong got this going wrong and um because it's definitely we, we we can't be you know we can't be that happy cheery that sort of all, there are more bad the days time. than good like it's something we could say arguably say like there are a lot of shit times and shit days that, that, absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely i just think it um yeah definitely definitely for me is the biggest thing is you know like just talk about it and i've been called out myself you know previously about uh, probably about not doing it enough you know bottling up and trying to always take on everyone else's problems too much um so i definitely think you know just you got your phone in your hand you know shoot shoot a text message it takes five seconds you know ask ask probing questions if someone says someone says to you um shit don't say oh that's no good thumbs up you know say why ask Mm. why if they don't reply drive to their drive to their fucking house and ask them why yeah exactly right yeah, it's it's and it's all about that that listening. Like you don't have to have the answers if you're talking to a friend. That it's just about listening, listening, and half the three quarters of the battle is just being there for them. Like you know, people say you just go, I'll always be there for you. Like literally, do that. Yeah, it's so so important. Hundred percent. I, I I literally I get through um, my my bad days 
by just not even from someone reaching out, but just by knowing that I've got those people in my life. Yeah. I've got I get I get through oh. shit days knowing that I've got Great like point. the boys there or clients or my parents or whatever. Like that drags me that drags me through knowing that you have that support mm. and not like I oh, know I'm pretty I'm really grateful because not everyone does have that support. But you know, we've all got someone in our phone that we can flick a message to and say you know mm. I am having a shit time here. Mm. Um, it's a form of gratitude as well, and like um, it's so important. And it's funny when you get in those moments because all those other shit that we were talking about, the house and, you know, the flashy things and the ideal life, that kind of goes out the window when you're feeling that way, doesn't it? It goes out the window when you think about the amazing people and the things, that, the amazing people in your life instead of the things and the materialistic things that you want. Like, yeah, 100%, mate. It's a, their relationship, like relationships for me um, in every form uh, of what, mm-hmm. like what you hold dearest because at, when when everything else hits, like shit's a can mm. in life. That's that's what you're gonna be. That's what you're gonna mm. be relying on, hundred percent. Yeah. The no best. one's no one's gonna. Your mate with the Ferrari who you haven't spoken to in three. <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not gonna be there for you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know how much you know alone he might have taken out for that Ferrari and how much he might be sweating bullets back home to know how to pay or sign up this massive client. You don't. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors, and I think that's a very important. Yeah. It pays a part in kindness and perspective. Like you don't actually know. Like none of us like know. Like even with boys and. We don't actually know, do we? Deep down behind the closed doors, what someone may be going through, thinking or behaving or acting like. Like, I just want everyone to really take that on board. Hundred percent. It's probably something I um, yeah, I sort of have been thinking about a fair bit today and uh, yesterday. Unfortunately, yesterday my grandfather mm. passed away, yeah. and there's one thing like we were very close, and he was sort of the gel that held our family together. So. It was a pretty difficult time and, and still is. It's still very raw, but it was the one thing I, I was sort of walking around the supermarket and I was and I was kind of thinking about it. Like I was, and I was the same as when I was walking on the beach having a bit of a cry and I was just kind of thinking like, no one knows what I'm like, what I'm going through. And I was yeah. kind of, for some reason, it just went through my mind. we like, you know, just be fucking nice. You got no idea what someone else is going through. No. Um, so I could have this exterior that, um, you know, happy, cheery, outgoing sort of fella. And I'm actually in a fair bit of like in a fair old grieving phase mm. right now. Um, and yeah, it's just it just sort of hit home for me. Like you don't you don't really know what anyone else is going through, no. so just fucking be kind. No, a hundred percent, and and it's so important, especially in when someone's in spite as well, and knowing that you know we as individuals, you know, when you just say someone's in grieving, and you know we don't actually know what someone else is going through, is just not acting on that impulse and not being in spite and just thinking and pulling yourself back and thinking, fuck, I don't know. You know, I'm feeling this way and it's shit and I'm, you know, like I'm always here for you, brother. But just to know that I'm not going to let this take control of me in a very unhealthy way, it's so much yeah. more important. Yeah. I think I can definitely say, I'm like, I can't speak for your granddad, but I can speak for myself that he'd be very proud of the man that you became, mate. Or is, are, and becoming. Like, he'd be so, so very proud. Thanks, brother. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, I definitely hope I know until a few of the values that he taught in me and, um, you know, one of them being sort of mateship and humour. Um, mm. I think at the end of the day... <laughs> the end of the Is that day, where you get it from? At the end of the day, mate, <laughs> if we can have a laugh, who gives a fuck about anything else, yeah, you know? Exactly. Have a laugh, smile, enjoy life. We're, all, we're, we're here. Yeah, exactly right. Because, yeah, in, in the moment, can, and it might be just be gone just like that. Like, it can go just so quickly. Like, you just never know how you know how good you do have it do you when, when you're with your mates and having a good time it's it's, yeah. it's those things that you savor the most leave yeah just like leave a good impression on someone if it's the smallest little interaction you have man I've, i found that to be like for me i feel like um with my rate like raising the money for my loo like i had mm. hundreds of donations and i felt like for some, some of them people i haven't seen or spoke to for years and years but 
you know, it, it felt nice for me. I felt like a warm feeling that, you know, at some stage I've had a positive impact on them that they thought I can give back here. Mm. Um, and yeah, obviously give back. I mean, give back to what I was trying to do. I'm, obviously, I didn't say a cent of it. It's not giving back to me, giving back to the foundation. But you know, they might not might have any idea who my Lou is or mm. or the family or anything. They can donate money anywhere. But I just feel like at some stage I've had a positive impact, yeah. or whether you know whether I just bumped into that person at a bar one time and had a beer and you know asked them how their day was instead of just ignoring them. Um, and then you know thought I can give back here. I just I feel it's so important to, you know, every every interaction. I like to think I've got a lot of mates. Um, I've got a lot of friends, um, you know, for that reason. I like give people the time of day. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's so, it's so and I'm, I guarantee there's someone out there you would have given a lot of hope to, not just Marlu. Like if we, like obviously it's wonderful, but there would have been so much more people you would have gave a lot of hope and belief to in doing those things, mate. Yeah. yeah. And like it's, there's a lot of people out there that do a lot more inspirational. So I just I hate talking about me, but there's a lot <laughs> of people man. out there that do um, a lot of a lot more inspirational things than me. But definitely, if mm. if if you get a chance and anyone uh, in life to yeah. to have sort of an impact like that on someone else, like mm. yeah, do it. I, and thing I want to like note to you, you just pretty much said is that you know, you know, I see yourself as an extraordinary bloke and one of my best mates, but you know, you are just an you admit it like you are just a normal bloke just doing a normal thing anyone can have this impact and anyone can strive and th- thrive to do amazing things if you really want to like, yeah definitely you don't definitely. have to be some superhero or some person doing some crazy physical feat like play down the marathon is a great feat but doing anything else but you know what i mean it's just you don't have to you don't have to be this superhero you can do it anyone listen to this you can do anything you say you want to if you really truly fucking believe it and um, it's not cliche it's true you can yeah. do anything yeah 100% it doesn't even have to be something of the you know of the length of a of marathon yeah. or to that just you know a small act small act of kindness yeah exactly we're going to that you know studying that course you always wanted to do like you said or you know anything anything you, you can re- anyone can really set their mind to yeah 100% yeah yeah, yeah. Chazza I'm here brother I'm here brother didn't have a beer actually. <laughs> we have, we did have one. And it went the neck. <laughs> just to clean up. <laughs> just like that, the boys can just go from <laughs> that to talking beers. Zero to zero. <laughs> what do we have? Northern. We had a northern that got us through. This. We did, yeah. That yeah. was good. Actually. Boss Burger. Just want to. Oh, damn, it. mate! Still repeating uh, on me. <laughs> Those they are. Can we give away your Boss Burger? No, nah, we won't give no, away okay. Boss Burger. Secret. <laughs> Chazza. Secret herpes spices. <laughs> Secret Chaz twist. <laughs> oh fuck, mate! I think we'll wrap it up there. But I want to know that. I hope, but I guarantee, and I, I don't want you to keep. You're nearly too. You're too humble, mate. You give yourself some credit. You're one of the biggest inspirations I've come across in my life. You're a great man, and um, a lot of people would say that about you as well. But as well, there's a lot of keynotes out yeah, your messages in this podcast. So I appreciate you, and I fucking love you, mate. No love worries, you. brother. I, I appreciate you having me on as your number one guest in in your new <laughs> segment. Um, or if if you, everyone just fast forwards our whole conversations and takes out the last bit, I, I just my advice, mate, just be kind, just mm, be just be nice. Yeah. One one of each one, be nice to each other. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Right. And I think you let the cat out of the bag, didn't we? Just say before this would be a normal episode, not a part of the new oh, segment. Shit, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, this is a normal episode. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> that's it. Season two, episode two done. <laughs> love you, brother. Thanks, it always brother. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you. How about that for an episode, guys? I hope you all really enjoyed that one. A quick shout out to my man Michael Peters, the man behind the camera, and also big, big love to 3RPC 
for allowing us to utilize the studio space. Without you guys, none of this would be possible. So big thank you. Please make sure you all follow at a chat with Pat on Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast via Spotify and iTunes, and please don't be afraid to leave a review. We are open to all feedback to make this as good as possible for all our listeners. Stay safe and all my love, guys. You.